Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today we have as our guest, Will Taylor, to discuss current and prospective issues affecting your bank's ALCO and investments. This is part one to four discussions with Will. Will has been the director of the Portfolio Management Group at Vining Sparks. He has extensive knowledge and experience of bank sheet management techniques and investments and has served on the faculty of Southwest School of Banking, Mid-South School of Banking, and the Western Independent Bankers Bond University. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions by contacting me at dbarris at aabd.org. All right, let's call Will. Hey, Dave. Hey, Will. Welcome to ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Will, uh, you've correctly called interest rate cycles for almost 30 years. And in bank boardrooms since the late 80s, you've advocated that the U.S. was in a deflationary cycle. In 2019, you predicted that an economic shock was coming in next year that would take a short the short-term rates to negative levels. Yep, that that is exactly what happened, unfortunately. Well, what do you what do you see happening in the next year and how should the bank boards prepare the uh, for the remainder of 2021 and 2022? That is a great question and uh first I want to thank the American Association of Bank Board Directors for having me on this call and uh you know, it's interesting, as I meet with bank boards around the country, one of the things that uh, I'm always asked is, where are interest rates going to go? And, you know, that is a, that's a good question, and no one really knows that. I've just been very lucky in terms of advocating a deflationary outlook for uh, uh, since, since the late 80s. But what is always important for a bank board to realize is that they, you know, the prudent bank management is more of an asset liability managing process than calling interest rates. And most of our financial institutions right now are exposed to falling interest rates. Uh, it's just the nature of the balance sheet of most of our, uh, our banks in this country. Now, it's okay for a bank to have a bias in terms of where the direction of the interest rate is going, but if they they need to make sure they're within their policy guidelines. Now, we have a lot of situations that are kind of occurring right now that are going to impact financial institutions. Uh, and those are, um, you know, we see roughly a you know, debt that is, is skyrocketing. I don't think we've ever seen the trillions that uh, that we've got taking place in 2020 and 21. That is going to be a drag on the economy eventually, I believe, and that will keep rates low for a long time period. So that's uh, that's where I really see in terms of the big picture uh, that you know, banks need to be sensitive to what they're exposed to, uh, and in general, banks do very well in a rising rate environment. But it's the down rate, the flat rate environment that they have the most exposure. So that undoubtedly also has uh, an impact on net interest margins. Uh, you you mentioned that and expanding duration volatility. Uh, can you talk more about that? Yes. Uh, one of the things that we're seeing is that, you know, the banks in terms of their uh, net interest margins have seen an overall decline, and it's kind of a record decline. 
in, in 2020, we saw all banks decline almost 60 basis points. And then uh, in a you know community bank space, which uh, has been actually more profitable, the decline was about 30 basis points, from about a 3.62% to a 3.32%. And what is taking place in the banking system is that people are looking for ways to increase that net interest margin or protect it, and they're extending duration in you know on the security side mostly because the loan demand is flat. And so we're seeing durations uh, on average in our community banks extend almost two years, and that would increase you know, volatilities. And so it's not unusual for uh, bank boards to be looking at higher volatilities in the up 300 basis point environment today than they were, say, two years ago. And that's just a function of their extending duration in order to help protect net interest margin. Well, uh we know that from the uh, government uh, stimulus that banks have become a lot more liquid. So what do they do? Do they invest or wait for the return on loan demand? Uh, what do they do with that, the extra money? That is a great question um, because that, that's being asked around the boardrooms right now. You know, they're sitting with almost earning zero on their uh, on their deposits, and the deposits in the non-maturity deposit sector. Uh, have grown to levels that we haven't seen since the 70s. Matter of fact, in 2007, the FFIC uh, was having conferences dealing with this great decline in the percentage of net interest margin within banks, and it had declined to almost 50%. And that's from almost 94% when Reg Q issues kind of were, were addressed, and they started to be able to pay interest on savings, money market, and now accounts back in the 70s where the bank was funded by 94% of its balance sheet, basically, was non-maturity. Well, today we've gone from 50% in 07 to 84%, the highest rate since the 70s. So that's banks are flushed with cash and liquidity, but they're not returning. There's no return on it. And their question becomes, what do we do to increase our overall return on this cash that we have sitting in the system? And how much of this cash is going to stay? So those are the, the questions around the boardrooms that I'm helping to address, and I believe that uh, the cost of waiting, basically, that is the cost of uh, keeping money in Fed funds or in liquidity items that are earning almost nothing versus stepping out to, say, a 15-year mortgage back to that because the yield curve has become very steep. We can get about a 125 yield on a 15-year mortgage back. That yield, if you believe that in three years rates are going to be higher, the rate that you're going to have to see on Fed funds at the end of the next three years is going to have to be close to a 280 yield in order to make up for the differential of staying at zero today. Uh, So if you feel that rates are going to be close to 3% three years from now in Fed funds, which no one says, including the Fed, they say that they're going to stay flat for three years, you're better off making an investment today. And a one and a quarter investment is actually a pretty good margin uh, compared to what your low cost of funds, historical low cost of funds is in this very uh, liquid environment. Well, I um, I still remember uh, prime rate at 18%. So that big difference, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, <laughs> and that's, a, that, that's when deflation started. Uh, at the yeah. you know when Volcker came in and he said I'm going to kill inflation, yeah. he he did, and then uh, Reagan came in and and that's where the deficit started to grow, and I believe and I'll, I can talk about this in our in our 
future podcast about mm-hmm. the effect of deficit spending on interest rates because that's what we're seeing, and the reason we've come from 18% to zero has a lot to do with the government spending. What do you see in the future with the rates having turned up recently? Uh, certainly a lot of fluctuation. Uh, can and will the Fed act to keep rates low, as they've uh, promised for a period of time? Well, the, the situation that we have taking place right now is that the market is moving uh, because of inflationary fears. Uh, a lot of this is just pent-up demand that is coming into the market, and we're seeing some very robust numbers, uh, in, including uh, employment numbers. But the long-term consequences of a, of a debt overhang is the bigger problem. Now, the Fed has uh, obviously wants to see uh, continued growth in the economy, and long-term rates they don't want to generally see get out of hand. And so they can do certain things like they, they've done in the past, uh, and they've used uh, over – I mean, the first time they did an Operation Twist, and that's where they, uh, they basically issue short-term debt, and then they turn around and they buy the long end of the market. They go buy the, uh, the 30-year mortgage or 10-year mortgage or 10-year uh, treasuries and pull interest rates down. That's very much one of the things they could do. Uh, so it would have the effect of being able to – flatten the yield curve, because a very steep yield curve becomes a drag on the economy. So look for a potential operation twist in the future if we continue to see a, uh, a movement up in rates. And the five-year is a good example. Uh, the five-year retracement number uh, had been 88 basis points this week, uh, just Thursday. We have passed through 88, and the next five-year uh, support number is uh, 130, and that's a huge number, uh, and that would cause uh, quite a drag on the economy as people would not be able to, to borrow, particularly in the mortgage market, like they have been. And it would pretty much cut off mortgage lending as we start to move up in rates. Well, um, I'd like to reserve the remaining questions for our next uh, couple of uh, podcast episodes, and I wanted to uh, thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to have been here, Dave. Thanks. Thank you.